Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have to get my stuff. I'm not ready yet. Hold on, Adam. Hold on. Okay. Wait a second. Boy, she really is sitting up. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I don't have anything to say. Sorry. That's all right. That's that's okay. You know, these these cold opens are optional, you realize. Yeah. I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't think of anything. Here, look. I'll slurp my coffee. You know, Did you hear that? Be, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why bothering me before the show starts became a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is. All right. <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight... What do you say about an actor who played the coolest man in the world for years and then found a whole new career playing hilariously flawed and desperate schnooks? Me? I think that makes you the coolest man in the world. And yes, he's here teaching us a masterclass tonight as Paula goes outside the actor's studio with the one and only Henry Winkler. Yes! Plus, you've got plenty to say, and sometimes it just doesn't fit in one email. It's mailbag returning champions edition i'm adam felber the nerdy soda jerk in the malt shop that is this podcast desperately trying not to get ketchup on my bow tie as i try to serve deep fried conversational notions in a neat and orderly fashion and now please welcome the leather jacket clad bad girl who struts in grabs a handful of fries and kicks the jukebox in exactly the right place to make it play the theme music from perry mason it's Paula Poundstone. Yay! Hey, you guys. Welcome, Paula. I'm so excited. Well, I would say to be here, but you know where I am. I'm on a folding chair on top of my treadmill. <laughs> I worry that someday that's going to turn on while you're recording. Well, it has before. Mo turned it on more than once. I'm telling you, that dog is badly behaved. Um... You know, uh, before I say another word, Adam, I would like to say thanks to tonight's house band and returning champion, Zach Ford on the piano. Thank you, Zach. Yay. 
what's new? Well, I read a thing the other day. It was like on the sidebar of the Twitter page that said that a lot of people, I don't know if it said young people or just people, are now, when they get married, they're getting married but not living together. And uh, I never felt so cutting edge. <laughs> I, uh, I've taken it a step further. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm married, but I just never, I don't even know the person. What? Wait, wait what? What? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm married, but I don't I don't know the person, and we don't live together, and uh, I don't know anything about them. It's a very very modern arrangement. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah, Poundstone, Poundstone is my married name. It's not my maiden name. That's interesting. Well, um, yeah. congratulations. I guess Thank are you. in order. I took the name because it's it's so beautiful. Poundstone, so beautiful. You you must have been uh, married uh, for a long time then. Yeah, yeah, I was a child bride. Um, What what was your maiden name, may I ask? uh, Enod Stanoop. Oh, Um, that's Poundstone backwards, isn't it? Yeah, so it's got to be more than a coincidence. I don't know, I got to get Henry (laughs) Louis Gates on this story. I got to get him to go back and find my genealogy. How he nods to new pep. Is it, uh, so what do you think about that? The idea of not living with the person that you're married to? Well, I don't know why you'd be married if you did that. I mean, isn't that just called separated? I've heard about that before. I don't know. I don't know what the parameters are for people. Apparently, it's an intriguing new thing to get married and not live together. Oh, I see. You instantly yeah. don't live together is the idea here. Right. No, why wait to separate? I think that's brilliant. You know what? I've always been ahead of my time in so many ways, but this is just one more. Way ahead of your time, because I I think the age of people not even knowing the person they married is uh, probably still a ways off. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm ahead of the curve, definitely. Um, I probably had children that I don't know. Never met them. I sold my eggs. Don't don't you wonder that when people sell their sperm? Don't you wonder, like, there has to be, you know, like UCLA students, for example, you know, sell sperm to a sperm bank. Doesn't that mean that somewhere in the world there's like a ton of offspring of that, of the UCLA men that do that? Oh, my God. Paula Poundstone, I have an amazing story about that. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, mm-hmm. about three years ago, he did the 23andMe genome thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he started getting messages, and he, he just decided to ignore them. Mm-hmm. Until he gets a phone call one day, and these people have been trying to track him down. It's a call from one of his 16 that they found so far, half-brothers from the same New York sperm donor. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's a well-thought-out plan. <laughs> I've, I've seen a picture of them all gathered together, and they all look the same. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's really freaky. <laughs> wow. It just strikes me that something maybe ethically hasn't been thought all the way through. There should at least be a limit, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. You know, wouldn't you think? I would, but I, I kind of want to make a disclaimer right now. If you're one of the 3,200 people in this country who look almost exactly like a younger version of me, I signed a waiver. You have no rights to anything there. That's Adam Felber, 213 <laughs> Adam Felber. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move along, shall we? It's time to Certainly, bring the dad. gavel down. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not their dads. <laughs> I'm just a donor. 
All right. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, let's call the uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Book Club to order. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, hold on. We got a book club. We got a book club. We got a booky, 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 booky book club. We got a book club tonight. Wow. wow. Bonnie, that was something else because somehow you managed to sing and crinkle at the same time. Yeah. I know. No, Were you I... wearing a Dorito bag on your head? <laughs> no, I thought, you know, I want to do something a little different, but the song has become so popular with the nobodies. I've been asked to record it as a ringtone. I didn't feel it'd be fair if I changed it to some other song. So I thought I would just add some accompaniment when I sang it tonight. And what were you accompanying you on? I was crinkling. <laughs> what were you crinkling? I think that's the question. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Paula. Do you want to guess? No. no not, not particularly, no. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to tell you. I think I'm going to crinkle through the whole show, and then maybe you can guess. My guess is it's bubble wrap in her bra. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, and here's like a little addition. We got a book club tonight. Oh my god. Wow. All right, I'm calling this to order. Don't forget, Bonnie Burns, you got <laughs> censured last week. Oh. You already got a strike against you, so uh, straighten up and fly right. Or, or I forget what she got censured for. What was it? I think she was uh, referring to stuff that wasn't the book. Didn't you, like, read up on the author himself? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he that's had a terrible life. Yeah, that's not the book. And you know what? He learned writing. Oh, from my some... gosh. So you decided to do it again. <laughs> From like this kind of outlaw group that believed in writing as a way to help yourself psychologically, like psychotherapy. What do you mean an outlaw group? Well, it was an anarchist, but it was kind of, you know, not conventional. But not not conventional what? <laughs> not <laughs> no, it, I think it encouraged. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll look that up. What is and the then you'll it? have the guess of the crinkle and what the real definition oh is gosh. in the group. Because sometimes, as you know, <laughs> as you know sometimes, Paula Poundstone, it makes sense in my head, like I've got the big picture, but I just can't articulate it. Well, you're way I off get from articulate. You know, you, you know what? Here's the thing. We're just going <laughs> to take pronouns away from you entirely. <laughs> because wow. he's just, well, he learned from anarchists. Well, not anarchists. <laughs> He learned writing from outlaws. Outlaw. So wait, Jesse James. Uh, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Where did he find these outlaws? Was he? It was he in a gang that sat down and wrote together. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's a French group. Well, the first rule of Outlaw Club is that you don't talk about Outlaw Club. My, That's right. True. Exactly. I'll tell you some. In this week's chapters, you know, he's working at the hotel. And then they're, you know, they're having more fight clubs. And I, I'm starting to think he's the girl from Flashdance. Because he, he also works his other job. Uh, yeah. And, and I just think, 
Wait a minute. Where do all these hours in the day come from? I just want to offer a brief summary of chapters 11 to 15. Uh, the Fight Club thing is intensifying. Um, and he's becoming, uh, our, our narrator is listening to uh, Tyler Durden more and more. He's becoming belligerent at work. He basically threatens his boss, uh, essentially threatens his boss not to fire him, and then goes to Tyler Durden's hotel job and threatens that boss, and Tyler threatens uh, his projectionist boss. All these bosses are threatened by of being exposed uh, unless they keep paying him to not work, essentially. Yeah. Also, he's been running a candle business no, it's not candles, is it? Oh, soap. No, no, soap. no. I think oh, yeah, you're right. Candles. It's a soap business. You're totally right. Yeah. He's been running the soap business um, using this fact that Marla's mom is sucking out of her body and donating to Marla. And then there's there's a hysterically dark and funny scene where she finds out and they, she drops the bag on the floor and, and she's literally chasing him around the kitchen and the hallways while they slip on her mother's tallow, basically. <laughs> Yeah, Marla's mother sent it to her, and she kept it in, well, we still don't know the narrator's name, but the narrator and Tyler's freezer, and because yes. uh, she doesn't have a freezer. And the reason her mother is sending it to her is that your own fat would uh, work better for, uh, what is it, like collagen injections? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, that kind and, of thing, yeah. yeah. And so her mother figures that her, even though it's not Marla's fat, it's her mother's fat, the fact that it's genetically related might make it take better. And so she's sending her her fat. But then we learned that Tyler Durden has stolen Marla's library card and sent telegrams to the mother asking for more fat. Yeah. So he's already got this freezer full of Marla's mom's fat that they've been making soap out of. Yeah. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I think the book is turning a little bit dark. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't know. I, is, this makes so much sense to me now that Angelina Jolie left Brad Pitt because <laughs> anybody that could write this. But he didn't. W regardless of whether they were trained by outlaws, uh, which <laughs> still makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and it never will. Um, yeah. No. Okay. I found it. Oh, great. I kind of got it right. No, you I didn't. I had the idea right. No, you didn't. <laughs> Okay, here's what it is. He joined a Portland-based writing group that practiced a technique called dangerous writing. And the technique emphasized the use of minimalist prose and the use of painful personal experiences for inspiration. Yeah, you, you couldn't have been further off, really. What you said was that... Well, the group was called dangerous writing. So I mean, what? You said it was outlaws. There's nothing illegal about writing. Well... Okay, but then he got in a club. They made a club where they went around and did pranks like interrupted television shows. Wait a minute. Okay, wait. Yeah. None I of that makes sense. No, I it think doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He, I, I think that Newsmax and OAN is clamoring for you to come work for them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what I think. I don't want... Yeah, I, okay. This is your time. Okay. We're going up to Simi Valley. This is your time. You can talk about the chapters. I don't know if this is my time. No, this is your time. Okay. Yeah. This is what I think. The fact that he did the dangerous writing, I think he has a big conflict in who his true self is and who he's, like, going through life just being a drudge and trying to fit in. Oh, and my I kind God. of think I know... No, I kind of think I know what's going on here with the narrator and Tyler. Um, 
but I don't want to say anything. Is your armchair psychology like, oh, yeah, you understand where he's coming from? <laughs> no, I think, I think Bonnie, no. but I do think you're being dishonest because I think you told me earlier this week that you accidentally read a spoiler. But I was already feeling like, <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to wreck it for you guys, but I was Whoa. already feeling yeah, don't like, I get what this is. Oh, okay. my gosh. Here's the other thing. I yeah. think it's really creepy. And at the same time, the writing is so great. And I don't know. Did you guys Do you know notice? why it's really, really well written? Because he was taught by the <laughs> sharks from West Side Story. He was, it was a gang. They used to fight the Jets, and then afterwards they would all just sit down and write. It's very psychological. But dangerously, dangerously, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. they were dangerous. They were outlaws. Did you notice, like, the, the way he uses quotation marks? Like, sometimes it's hard to know if he's talking to somebody else or the reader or himself. No. Like, he'll start the quotation mark with, uh, and so I told the guy way back there that I didn't like blah, blah, blah. And that he's got that in quotes. I thought that was an, uh, an interesting effect because I think part of this is you don't know who Tyler is, who the narrator is. What I can't figure out is who Marla is in terms of the narrator. I mean, symbolically. Oh my God. What's the matter, Paula? I'm telling you, Paula Poundstone, I'm right. Symbolically. There's clues all over the place. But, but, Paula, how about, okay. let's get your reaction to these chapters, Paula. Uh, I just want to say that I enjoyed the chapters very much. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And then moving things along, we're going to go over to Sherman Oaks, California, where Tony Anita Hull has been very, very polite through uh, just the... <laughs> Just the amazing <laughs> storm that is coming from above the, in the Simi Valley. I, I um, think we should censure her again, just for making no sense. Okay, fuck it. Go ahead and censure me. All right. Oh, she, I to got censure sense Bonnie in is my on head. the floor. Oh, seconded. <laughs> She's an outlaw. She's a book club outlaw. I get the concept. I just can't articulate it well. I'm in the vicinity. You're censured is where you are. Yeah. You're in the vicinity oh, of censorship. Fine. Yeah, censuring. Yeah. Um. All right. We get, we should have T-shirts made that say "I'm censured." Uh. Okay. <laughs> Tony. No, I'm still enjoying it. I loved the the Marla's mother's fat bit. Everything about that, and it it's weird and gross and amazing. And I I agree. I think the writing's great, and there's something something's not right. I don't know what it is because I've not read ahead, but. I just know something's not right, but I don't know what How it is. I bet that the guy is psychologically well, yeah. falling apart. He's psychologically and physically falling apart and yeah. longing for his own destruction. But I, I, I think uh, we've got some very, very good observations here. I think we're having a great book club. The question is, is reading a really good book good for our book club? Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> you know, Bonnie, if this person is falling apart mentally, this is a good chance for you to move in and do your uh, your psychological manipulation. No, I feel like there's these clues, like Tyler's always right. Would you like to fall apart? Bon Bonnie, no, as somebody who has read spoilers to this, you're like me with the movie. You don't get to talk about what you think some of, this, some of the secrets are. I want to see the movie. Adam, I want to see how they do this. That's not what Adam was saying. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. 
I wasn't listening. So true. I can't tell. Is, okay, this is another example. It's not a hearing problem. She stops listening two or three words into the sentence, and then she guesses what it was you were saying. Yeah, you know what? She needs an ear, Frida. <laughs> All right. And with that, I'm going to bring this week's book club. Uh, the score, once again, in censuring is Bonnie 2, everybody else none, to a close. Bonnie's censured. censured I am censored. I am censored. I am censored tonight. Woo! Woo! It's not Ooh. censored. It's censured. <laughs> there was a presidential candidate or something. Who was it? Donald Trump? Who didn't say it correctly? Was it a Bush? A Bush? Well, I don't know. But We're I not going try, down this path with you, Bonnie. I would, Bonnie. Try to, <laughs> <laughs> I would try to pattern myself after either of them if I were you. Um, yeah. Okay, censured. That it? Yes. Okay. And, and, and you are. All right, Paula, do you have a vocabulary word this Ow. week? Oh, my gosh. I do. I think um, I do, Adam. I have a word. Excellent. <laughs> it's apogee. It's a noun that means the highest point in the development of something. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Adam, answer the phone. How come you always hear that first? Uh, I, <laughs> Maybe you should answer, get it. Answer, no, you, it's answer the phone. It's on your end. <laughs> what does that even mean? All right. Hello. Hello, Adam. It's me, Nan Mumford, down Maine. Oh, hi, Nan. Uh, Nan? Yeah. <laughs> um, did you call for a reason? Of course I did. Be kind of silly to call for no reason but to hold the phone to my ear. Yeah. Uh, Nan? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell me why you called? Of course I am. I thought I might use your word in the sentence. Oh, great. Well, um, go ahead, Nan. Of course I will. We reached the apogee of our post-mud season boot retrieval last August. Took that long for the mud to dry, but when it did, we were able to recover 55 boots and shoes, you know, footwear, from our front yard. Some are pairs and some are singles. That's why it's an odd number. It's the apogee, though, most we ever collected. We take them down Donlin's Beer Hall and... Folks that's been walking around town with one shoe since March, they're awful happy to get their shoe back because that can be uncomfortable. Okay. Well, um, that is very helpful, Nan. Thank you. Of course, it's my pleasure to help. <laughs> I guess I'd better go, though. Oh, really? We We've had an odd smell coming from down cellar for a couple of weeks. It might be some kind of dead thing. I got to get down there to check it out. There's been a bad smell for two weeks, and you haven't done anything about it? Oh, no. It's not safe to go down until you're absolutely sure it's dead. If it's a bear or a moose or a badger or a disoriented lobster, it could be very dangerous. So you wait. 
so you can hardly stand the smell till the smell is at its apogee. Oh, I see. <laughs> I don't quite know how you would be able to tell if it's apogee until it starts going down, but uh, then again, thanks for calling, Nan. Always good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks, Nan. Uh, talk to you later. Bye, Nan. Now, now let's get Apogee right into the vocabulary song. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm oddly looking forward to that. This week's word is Apogee. It's a noun that means the highest point in the development of something. Last week's word was mendacity. It's a noun that means untruthfulness. Mitch McConnell has done his best to make a big mess. The week before that, the word was solipsistic. It's an adjective that means of or relating to solipsism, a theory in philosophy that your own existence is the only thing that is real or that can be known, tremendously selfish in tone. And not long ago, the word was, um, um, amnesic. It's a noun or an adjective that means experiencing or relating to a partial or total loss of memory. It happened a lot to Victoria Barclay on the Big Valley. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, Free, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable. Replicable, but I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Tony Anita Hall, if you can use this week's word <laughs> apogee correctly in a sentence on three occasions during this episode, we will give dollars worth of advertising to Meadow Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall at 2841 Greenbrier Parkway Southwest in Atlanta, Georgia, which we would love to do. However, if you are not at the apogee of your use of the word apogee, we will not be able to give dollars worth of advertising to Meadow Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall at 2841 Greenbrier Parkway Southwest in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow, well, that's it's all on you, Tony. I'm sure this week it's, you're going to break the mold and really deliver for that bookstore. Yeah, in the past, well, let's just say, I think she used a word once. Uh, yeah, she, but- in, ter- in terms of winning advertising for bookstores, she's 0 for 4 or 5 at this point. Yeah, but this week. This is going to be the time. This is the one. Yep. Go, go to it, Tony Anita Hope. Coming up, Reed Scott said, acting is reacting. You can't react if you're not paying attention, if you're not listening. To which Bonnie Burns replied, sorry, what? (laughs) Well, at least some of us will be listening to the great Henry Winkler when he joins us next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. 
Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? 
Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the um, oh, it's so. And I got the hundred percent European linen shirt, and it looks breezy, and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like you know thirty dollars a piece, or starting at thirty dollars at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on, and I I swear to you, okay. This is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable. That honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Juan Ponce de Leon said, boy, this place is going to be the home of some stucco and stupid someday. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Big thank you to house band Zach Ford. Paula, you're out there auditioning again. Which is great. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? My career is going to take off any minute now. And uh, I'm trying to get as much input as I possibly can so that right. I can be the actress that I was born into this world to be. And how's that going so far? Really slow. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. But you know what? This is, uh, by unbelievable coincidence, we have someone on the line who's here to help. No. Yes. I don't know how we keep getting these serendipitous things happening, but here he is. Freakish, freakish. 
heartbreaking. It is. Henry Winkler is not just your acting coach, Paula. He plays one on TV and won a primetime Emmy Award for that role on HBO's Barry. He's also known for a countless number of roles on film and TV, including Arrested Development, one of my personal favorites, Parks and Recreation, and of course, Happy Days, wherein he played the legendary Arthur Fonzarelli. Please welcome Henry Winkler. Henry, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll I'll let you know when this is done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very, it was very nice of you uh, to. Yeah, I, I'm here on a temporary basis, Paul. You're slumming, and I appreciate that. And you look fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You're supposed to say you too. Yeah, you too. I Thank love you. the hat. Thank you very much. I love the hat. Uh, and you're in red. I'm all in pink. It's, this is my ho- it's my holiday sweater. Uh, see this sleeve? Oh, oh yeah. 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 It's been my holiday sweater for many years. <laughs> oh, right. I, I thought perhaps you got it caught on a candle on your tree. No. Ooh. It sort of disappears slowly, and so I put rubber bands around it, around the sleeves, to keep it sort of clinging to me. It's part of my Dickens Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I roll. All right, so let's uh, let's jump right in. How long had you been working as an actor when you got the role of Arthur Fonzarelli in Happy Days? Okay, my first professional job was the Yale Repertory Theater. I made $173 a week, and that started June 30th, 1970. And in September of 1973, I got um, called to play the Fonz. Wow. Wow. What do you mean you got called? No, I went into audition, and on September 18th, uh, they called me. No, not September 18th. September, I would have to say... um, uh, around October 30th, I got the call to be the Fonz. Wow. 1973. So you were still a college student then? Um, I was a college student at Emerson College. Then I got a master's degree at Yale in their drama school. Wow. wow. Which is now called the David Geffen School of Drama. Uh-huh. Then I stayed with the Repertory Theater for a year and a half. Then I went to New York City and I uh, became very, very good at getting commercials. What commercials did you do? Did you do a commercial that we would recognize you from? American Airlines. Uh, Sanka Coffee. Wait, who's coffee? Sanka, which was a decaffeinated coffee. So what was the Sanka ad? Uh, I was a date and I, a young girl asked me if I wanted to come in for a cup of coffee. It was late at night and we had decaffeinated Sanka. Uh, that was, uh, that was one. A, a gleam toothpaste because I had great teeth at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You're beautiful. I remember from Fonzie that you had beautiful teeth. Thank you. Oh, when you said the date thing, that reminded me that you were on one of the greatest Mary Tyler Moore episodes ever. That was my first job in Hollywood. Wow. Oh, wow. I was Rhoda's date. Yes. And and Mary was having a party and she was notorious for she was having a party because the congresswoman was in town and she was right. she was notorious for giving bad parties. And so she asked Sue Ann Niven 
to cook the food and sort of, you know, do the party. And Sue Ann made veal prince Orloff, which served, I think it was five. And I've seen this episode. Yes. Oh, it's a great episode. Everything kept going wrong. My favorite line in the whole thing is Mary mistimed her veal prince Orloff, uh, which Sue Ann says. And then, uh, and and Rhoda was supposed to come, but Rhoda brought a date. And so there was not enough food. And Mr. Grant had already served himself two servings. And he had to go back to the serving dish and go, oh, I'm not as hungry as I thought I was. And he puts going back. Oh, my God. Did you get to hang wow. out with them, Henry? I, I-, I did. I did. And I, I sat at a table all by myself. And when I auditioned, they didn't have the script yet. And the producer... Um, said to me, I only know one line. You only, uh, you have one line. Please pass the salt. <laughs> so I, I took a glass from the producer's desk. It was filled with pencils. I poured it out. And then as we were talking about that, I just arrived in Hollywood a week earlier and what I had been doing up. I picked up a pencil. I clang it against the glass and I said, when you get a moment, please don't don't push yourself. Could I have the salt? Oh. <laughs> Great. Oh, and then by the time I got back to the Sunset Marquee, which was the motel I was staying at, I had gotten the part. Oh, that's so cool. Fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, let me ask you this. Fonzie was this iconic role, and you did an amazing thing. Because uh, not only were you great in that role, but then you went on and played other roles, which is not so easy to do when you are so associated with one thing. No, it was very it, it was very difficult, as a matter of fact. And that is when I became a producer and tried to be a director. That's when my first show that I ever sold was MacGyver. No. Yeah. I never saw it. I've only heard about it. What did you have to do with MacGyver? Uh, my company created, my company with uh, Tony Jonas, we created it and uh, sold it to ABC. They had to take a show of mine. If they liked it, no questions asked, put it on the air. We lasted for seven years. And then we just ended the second life of MacGyver for the past five years. Wow. Wow. So, but while all that was going on, then you continued to do other acting roles, right? Well, you know what? I tried really hard, but I wasn't getting a lot because people would say, wow, he's so funny. He's such a great guy, but he was the Fonz. And I'm very proud. I'm very proud of him. But in 1991, I got a television movie called Absolute Strangers with Carl Malden. And it was about a real case where a husband had to uh, was taken to the Supreme Court because his wife was in a coma. And he had to choose between having the baby and saving his wife. And the pro-lifers uh, came after him and tried to sue him to save the baby and let his wife go. Wow. At the risk of spoilers, how did it end up? Uh, I believe he won. It's a real story? It's a real story. Oh. 
and it was uh, very intense. And then slowly my acting career started again. Uh, the movie I did right after and just at the end of Happy Days was Ron Howard's Night Shift. Yes. Oh, that was great. With Michael Keaton. With Michael Keaton. And Shelley Long. That's a delightful movie. Very funny. You brought up Ron Howard and he... he uh, uh, I didn't realize he was on that movie. Uh, but a couple years later, you got to work with Ron again on one of my favorites, Arrested Development. It does seem like you have this family of people around you that you work with consistently over your career. Do you know, I have to be honest that when I look back, I, you, I cannot deny that I have worked with brilliant creators. Gary Marshall, Ron Howard, Adam Sandler, Mitchell Hurwitz, yeah. who was the creator of Arrested Development. Michael Shore, who did uh, Parks and Rec, who has created so much good television. And all the way up to now, oh, uh, Wes Craven, Wes right. Anderson. And now Bill Hader and Alec Berg, who are, I, 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 there are no words to tell you what it is like that dynamic duo um, creates a set that is so lovely to be on, so well-written, so well-directed. They directed all of the episodes this year for each. Wow. Wow. And you just wrapped up the new season, right? Season three or? The, the third season, yes. Um, we wrapped it like four Saturdays ago. Well, four Friday nights ago at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. Yeah, I knew I knew you were shooting it, and I have a personal story to recount here because apparently you had a brunch at your place, which made Stephen Root late for a reading of a screenplay I wrote this summer. Oh wow! So, <laughs> so you threw too good. Mr. Root, yeah, Mr. Root and Mrs. Root um, are incredible. Now, because of the pandemic, because of the way it, it went down. I had no scenes with anybody else. So we were in like little pods and everybody was separate. Last year, it was Stephen Root who told me that Bill Hader killed the love of my life. Right. That's where season three picks up. I feel terrible, but I haven't seen any, any of this. I got to catch yeah, up. Yeah, so Paula, yeah. Paula, do me a favor. You haven't watched no. it? Stay out of the conversation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I had that coming. No, I ha I haven't. Because I don't get cable, Henry. Don't you have to have oh, cable? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't okay, get cable. Okay, so now I know. I know for Christmas, I'm getting you a sweater uh, that <laughs> it doesn't have uh, holes in it. And I'm getting you HBO. Oh, boy. That would be really nice. Uh, yeah, that would be really nice. I want to tell you there are 16 episodes in the first two season, eight apiece. Uh, we only shoot eight. And I think you will be thrilled. Oh, I look forward to it. It's funny. It's a dramedy. It's so well thought out. It's so well written. I just, I cannot say enough. But but now, this is where this comes. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. Well, I was just wondering... Um, about when the sweater was coming. <laughs> oh, uh, do you know what? I, I before it uh, before it warms up. Good. I really appreciate that. I was going to ask you, Henry. So you didn't audition all that much, right? Because once you were the man, you were the man. You didn't have to. No, that is not true. Oh, is that, that is not true? not true. 
That's not the way this business works. I would go into a room and, you know, a waiting room, the green room with all those metal chairs against the wall, all the young actors. Mm -hmm. And they would say, wait a minute, you're Henry Winkler. Why are you here? I said, I'm looking for a job. You? Yeah. (laughs) I auditioned for Bill Hader and Alec Berg for a Barry. Really? And my son, Max, who is a wonderful director, works a lot for Ryan Murphy. He directed my audition for Barry. Wow. That's amazing. Don't you think there's a little nepotism there, Henry? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So when you do these auditions... What's your secret? So you have to sort of let go of, you know, I'm Henry Winkler, right? You just have to go in and do the deed. Yeah, you never, you never think. I never have ever thought, oh, I'm Henry Winkler. I I have had friends of mine, people I went to Yale with, said, you know what? I don't audition. They know me. They can watch tape. And I thought to myself, that's like shooting yourself in the foot. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. The executives at the studio and the the network, really, their lifespan is about 19 months. (laughs) So they're constantly turning over. And some of them, their life is on the line. Their job is on the line. They're not going to take for granted that you can still walk and talk. Uh Uh-huh. They want to see you in the room. And, it, and now it's not even in the room. If you do it on tape, right. you record yourself. And if that's what it takes to continue my wonderful life, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So do you have a process? Uh, if you're coaching someone on how to audition, what do you tell them? Yes. Yes. I would tell them this. I am scared every time. I am worried that this is going to be the time that somebody in that room is not going to like what I'm doing. This is the time I'm going to go home. And I say, there is no right. There is no wrong. You go in there and you fill the space with your imagination. And somebody will tell you, hey, try it this way. Or thank you. But, you know, you have a 50-50 shot and you cannot do what, what, you know, there is no, oh, I I hope I'm doing what they want. Because a lot of times the people in those rooms have no idea. For the Fonz, they wanted a tall Italian. They got a short Jew. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I never knew that. But they didn't change his name to Fonzeberg. So, yeah, really, Fonzeberg is is the way I pronounced it. But I will say, when you go in those rooms, you go for the gold. You go with your instinct and uh, throw it to the wind. I honest, honest to God. That's great. You know, Jessica Alba once said, quote, good actors never use the script unless it's amazing writing. All the good actors I've worked with, they all say whatever they want to say. That's from her book entitled How to Stop Getting Hired. (laughs) We'll get some more practical acting tips from Henry Winkler when we come back. Cat of the Week is Boss McNaughty Buckbinder from Scottsdale, Arizona.
We're back with Henry Winkler. Henry, as you've heard, Paula needs a masterclass in auditioning, and we are so lucky to have you here with us tonight as her acting coach. So now, let's go outside the actor's studio. I really need this job. Oh, God, I need this job. I really need this job tonight. Wow. Thank you, Bonnie. We usually have the house band play that, but fortunately, Bonnie's been preparing uh, for weeks with a voice coach. Is that fortunate? Oh yeah. my gosh, it's fabulous. So Adam, will you read the stage directions and the like? Oh, be- before you do that, yes. I, I I have to say I am verklempt. I have not gotten over Bonnie. Yeah. That, uh, that was a surprise. Yeah. I, I was wondering why Bonnie was on the show. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's- He's the Eddie Fisher of the Paula Poundstone. Oh my gosh, is she ever? Oh my goodness, that Bonnie. Bon Bon, that was amazing. What a set of <laughs> pipes, you. right? I, I'm honored. I really am. <laughs> yeah. I was picturing in my head as I was listening to Bonnie sing, I thought, you know, Henry Winkler must be thinking, what the? Uh, but no, he, no, he understood the artistry. No. I have to say that if I were to compare it, it would be the most delicious, moist pound cake uh, that I've ever had. Wow. That's high, okay. That's high praise. Yeah. I have to admit this. I was kind of like nervous about singing this in front of Henry. It took all of my nerve. Wow. Yeah. Well, you were great. You yeah. were great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that we took the time for this little featurette about Bonnie's okay. process. Yeah. But let's uh, let's get back to uh, let's get back right. to the scene. Now, Paula, you've written a scene. Do you need to set it up at all or do you just want me to read the stage directions? What do you think, Henry? Should I bother setting it up or should we just? I think it's self-explanatory okay. within the. First page. That's what I All was right, wondering. then uh, I will read this, and then we'll we'll start. Okay. Uh, okay. Paula, you'll be Janice, and um, and Henry, you'll be Albert Schnitzker. Here we go. We hear a tremendous crash as the snow-laden roof of Schnitzker's apothecary collapses, trapping 60-year-old Janice O'Meara and 65-year-old Albert Schnitzker in separate, now darkened sections of the store. Oh my God! Oh my God! Jesus! and Joseph, help! Oh, oh my God, what the fuck? Mr. Schnitziger! Mr. Schnitziger! Janice, Janice, I'm over here. Janice follows the sound of Mr. Schnitziger's voice. Keep yelling, Mr. Schnitziger, I'm coming! I'm coming! Janice, over, over here! I'm over here, I can't move! Something is on top of me, oh my God! Oh my God, I'm bleeding! Oh. Mr. Schnitzinger, I, I can't get through. There's a big pile of rubble or something. Keep talking. I can so keep talking so I can tell where you are. Janice. Janice. Hold on. Uh, I'll be right back. Don't leave me. Don't leave me, Janice. Oh no. Janice, where did she go? Where did she go? Oh my god, I can't be I can't stand being alone. I, I'm coming back. I, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Just hold on, Mr. Schnitzinger. She returns. Okay, I'm back. I went and got a swiffer out of the cardboard bin. Now I'm going to shove this handle through. Can you see it? I do. I see it right there. I see it. Grab onto the handle. Maybe we can make the hole bigger. They're trying to lift the rubble with the swiffer stick. Oh. Oh. It's ineffective. 
<laughs> oh no, it's not going to work. Ah, you're so negative, Mr. Schnitzinger. Uh, keep trying. We hear a crack as the stick breaks in half. Oh, it's no wonder you're such a shit boss. That's a bleak head you live in. What? That's $24.99. <laughs> you're shitting me. Janice, can you get me to the first aid station and get me a roll of gauze with a two-inch width and a roll of adhesive? You can shove it through the hole. Is your head bleeding? No, Janice. It's my leg. Well, check your head, because you must have lost some marbles. You'll recall that the only reason we're the only two people left in the store tonight is that you called me into your office at closing time to fire me. I'm not getting you nothing. You can wait for the first responders. All right. There'll be no charge for that Swiffer, and I won't fire you. Now, can I have it? Go fuck yourself. I'm going to look for the prescription drugs. She crawls away. That's very dangerous. Janice, that's very, very dangerous. Please, stay with me. I'm not very good with interpersonal skills here, Janice. And I'm scared. Please come back. What if the first responders don't come? What if they don't recognize me? What if they don't see me? Janice, will you come back? 30 minutes later. Look in the hole. Here's your first aid supplies. Here's some ibuprofen. Here's something from the greeting card section that I would like you to read aloud to me. Pretend you're sending it to me. Like, say, dear Janice, then read it. Dear Janice, thank you for all you do. You're welcome. It's a start. I think I hear sirens. Janice, I, I really do thank you. I, I'm very sorry that I fired you. I'd like to rehire you at a substantial increase in your wage. Are you by any chance from Massachusetts? I am. I am. I'm from, I'm from Lynn, the shoe capital. Thank you, Mr. Schnitzka. I'd also like to offer you a special one-time 20% off coupon toward the card, the ibuprofen, and the first aid supplies. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Oh, oh, moving. Wonderful. Henry, your performance was, was magnificent. What can you tell us about Paula's performance and, and what she should do? Well, the first thing I would say is that Paula... Sir. You you have to you have to mean it. Okay. You 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 I, I didn't hear that um that you were were panicked for real. Okay. Uh you know, you you can't play a comedy for laughs. You have to play it like it's a drama, and the laughs will just be there. Okay. Number two, I did not hear your disdain for your boss. Okay. That's it. You were perfect otherwise. All right, can we do it one more time and I'll see if I can imp yeah. implement? Yeah. All right. You know what I you know what I would say? Yeah. I would also say I think you should enjoy getting one up on uh on your boss, and then it all turns when he charges you for everything you gave him. Okay. Oh, that's good. So her disdain and her, and her enjoyment, even though we as an audience don't know it at first, she as the character, the actor, obviously she knows it right away. Yeah, she doesn't like him at all. Okay. She tells us that, you know, she's there. How does she feel about being there uh, when she's called in the night? She was home. Her shift is over. And he calls her there not to give her a, a Christmas gift, but to fire her. <laughs> okay, here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm not sure. 
I'm at the beginning of the script yet. Um, it's we hear the tremendous we hear a tremendous crash is the first. Part. Yes, I. Oh, we hear a tremendous crash. Here we go. Okay. I could be I could be out of uh, sync here with the script, but we'll just go with All it. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We hear a tremendous crash as the snow-laden roof of Snitsker's apothecary collapses, trapping 60-year-old Janice O'Meara and 65-year-old Albert Schnitzger in separate, now-darkened sections of the store. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help! Help! Oh, oh my God! What the fuck? Mr. Schnitzker! Mr. Schnitzker! I'm over here, Janice! Can I follow my, I'm over here. Janice follows the sound of Mr. Schnitzker's voice. Keep, keep yelling, Mr. Schnitzker. Keep yelling, I'm coming. Janice, I can't move. Something is on top of me. Oh my. Janice, I'm bleeding. Oh my God. Mr. Schnitzker, I can't, I can't get through. There's a big pile of rubble or something. I, I keep talking so I can tell where you are. All right, come back, please. What if the first responders, that's way, way, way yeah, better. Yeah. No, it's Next, uh, it's Janice, Janice. And she says, hold on, I'll be right back. Janice, Janice, not yet. Wait a minute. Janice, Janice. <laughs> hold on. I'll be right back. Don't leave me, Janice. Don't leave me. I'm not good at this. Where, do you, where did you go? Where did you go? I, I, I'm coming back. Just hold on, Mr. Janitzker. I'm coming back. She's back. I'm back. Oh, thank God. I went and got a Swiffer out of the cardboard bin. Now I'm going to shove this handle through. Can you see it? I can. Yes, I see it. Grab on. Grab onto the handle. Maybe we can make the hole bigger. They try lifting the rubble with the Swiffer stick. Uh, 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 this starts with uh, Mr. Schnitzker. It's ineffective, grunting with effort. Yes. Okay. Oh, hey. Oh, it's it, Janice. It's ineffective. It's not going to work. You're so negative, Mr. Schnitzker. Keep trying. We hear a crack as the stick breaks in half. It's no wonder you're such a shit boss. That's a bleak head you live in. Oh, my God. Uh, Janice? What? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That You owe me $24.99. You are shitting me. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, Janice. And you can get to the first aid station, can you not? Then get me uh, some uh, gauze and uh, a two-inch uh, width. Uh, I need a roll of adhesives. And then you can shove it uh, to me through the hole. Is your head bleeding? Is my head bleeding? No, it's my leg. Well, check your head, because you must have some loose marbles. You'll recall that the only reason we're the only two people left in the store tonight is that you called me into your office at closing time to fire me. I'm not- I didn't want to embarrass you. I'm not getting you anything. You, you can wait for the first responders. Okay, hold it, hold it, let's negotiate. There is no charge for the Swiffer and I'm not gonna fire you. Oh. Now, can I have that please? Go fuck yourself. I'm going to look for the prescription drugs. She crawls that's very away. Dangerous, Janice. That is very Jan. That's very dangerous, Janice. Please stay with me. I'm not good with interpersonal skills, Janice. I don't want to admit that, but I'm scared. Come back. 
please come back. What if the first responders don't come? Janice, please come back. 30 minutes later. Look in the hole. Here's your first aid supplies. Here's some ibuprofen. Here's something from the greeting card section that I would like you to read aloud to me. Pretend you're sending it to me. Like, say, dear Janice, then read it. With pleasure. Oh, my darling, dear Janice, what would I do without you? Thank you for all you do. You're welcome. It's a stat. Hey, I think I hear the sirens. Janice, I really, really thank you. I am so sorry that I fired you. I don't know what I was thinking. I'd like to rehire you at a substantial increase in the wage. Thank you, Mr. Schnitzka. I would also like to offer you, oh yes, and this is a one-time (laughs) 20% off coupon toward the card, the ibuprofen, the the um the the thing that uh, that you gave me um <laughs> the the bandage I want you to to, to and then I I I'm you son of I'm, a bitch who who is you cheap prick I I take it that last those last three words were on another page Henry huh. The last three words were on another page. Yes, now. You know, a, a good writer puts the close of the scene, just the last couple of words on a separate page. I don't know if yeah. you know. I don't know. Like, a good writer numbers the page. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to be able to feel more creative, more, you know, like you could improvise. And you did. Well, let me you did say. page one and page three and page two and page four. Thank you. I just want to say a quote. The juices were flowing, yeah. unquote. <laughs> so beyond the pagination, uh, Henry, do you have any, uh, do you have any t- a talk back now for your, for your well, students? Not that, not that second time around. I, I was amazed. Oh. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and rework the scene. Uh, so the next time we do this, uh, I'm up to snuff. I thought Paula was Paularific. Oh, that's nice to hear, Henry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, you were wonderful. Just wonderful. Thank you. Well, even though I couldn't figure out where the hell I was. <laughs> I feel like you used your inability to find the, the page um, to sort of echo the fact that your character is also in the dark and confused. Wow. Thank you. That's what I saw. Ooh. No, that, that's a great cover. Yeah. I'm going to use <laughs> That was bringing a lot of... A lot of depth. But I cannot tell you how often I have auditioned. I've memorized as fast as I could because I'm so dyslexic. I can't read and act at the same time. See, I can't memorize. I would memorize memorize as fast as I could. And then when I ran out of memorization, I made it the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I have the chance to ask, do you have any like really bad audition stories? You know what? I really do. There was an audition that I did for a, a children's movie. And it, it, uh, it's science fiction. It was science fiction. <laughs> uh, it was the cast by the same people who cast Night Shift. So I thought maybe I had an edge. And you know how sometimes uh, you are just off as, as in the world, in the, as a human being? Yes. 
I thought I was so depressed by how bad I was that I literally walked out of and I almost couldn't walk back to my car. I thought, well, my career is over. People are going to talk about this now and say, well, Henry's lost it. I swear to God. Now I'm walking down the, 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 the steps and I'm passing a plate glass window and it's Bill Shatner's office. His assistant comes running out and says, Bill wants to talk to you. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm not in any shape to talk to anybody. I'm not kidding. I can't. No, no, no. Come on in. He wants to see you. I go in. I sit down. I tell him the story. He revitalizes me with his energy. And I, I was able to drive home and live another day. But I thought that was the end of my career. Wow. Yeah. I've had that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here you are. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a podcast, Henry. Everyone has a podcast. It's, well, it's part of what defines us as human beings now. We, we breathe oxygen, we don't eat our young, and we have a podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Here's, okay, then. I'm going out and I'm going to get one. Henry, when you get your podcast, which I know is any day now, anytime you want me, my friend, I am there. Do you know what, Paula? I will say right here on the air with you, that's a deal. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. I can't thank you It is you a deal that he will this. have you on his podcast whenever he wants you to be That's on exactly it. right. <laughs> he is an Emmy Award winning actor, one of my heroes, Henry Winkler, everybody. Woo! Thanks for being on Yay! our show. You know what, Paula? Sure. I want to say thank you for inviting me. Bonnie, I'm, I'm still, I am going to record that part. <laughs> Of this podcast, that, what a, what a songstress you are! What a stylist! And Adam, I I thank you. I have no idea what Tony does, but Tony, thank you. Same to you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Henry. Take care. What a pleasure! Thank you for inviting thank me. You. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Thank you. La 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 la. <laughs> I'm doing the scales. <laughs> Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, nice. Nice nice to play him off, Bonnie. Thank you. We won't even need a house band at this rate. I did think while you were singing, I thought, my God, because, of course, you were singing, so you were up on my, I don't have all oh. the squares. I just had you, and oh. I thought the look on his face must be priceless right now. It was great. It was great. I, was, I have it on a gallery view, so I was able to see it. Oh, my gosh. Um, coming up. Love us or hate us, you just can't quit us. And you want to tell us why. It's Mailbag, returning Champions Edition, after the break. Fun fact. Cleopatra lived closer in time to the moon landing than she did to the construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza, which explains her quip, Alexandria, we have a problem. <laughs> and thank you, house band Zach, for tickling those ivies on those crazy 88s. All Yay! right. Yay! Thank you, Zach. Adam. Yes, Paula. Adam, as you know, one of our goals in the new year is to grow our audience 
we love the listeners that we have, but a podcast simply can't survive when listened to by only the best people that there are. The best way to broaden our reach is through the listeners themselves. One person sharing with another that they're nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. The problem, of course, is that many listeners feel awkward or uncomfortable bringing it up. So I have prepared some simple sample dialogue to make it easier for our listeners to find the end of the scotch tape on this topic and get started. Listener, there he is in that bed. Wait, the nurse is in the way. He can't see us. Okay, now, tap on the glass. Listener's friend, he's a radio host? He looks awful. Listener, of course he looks awful. He has COVID. He's an anti-vaxxer. Tap on the glass. Tap on the glass again. There, he sees us. Who knows how many people he killed with bad information. We're sorry you're sick. You should have gotten vaccinated. We're vaccinated. Put your keys on your forehead. Listener's friend, what do you mean put my keys on my forehead? Listener, hold your keys up to your forehead. Okay, now let them go. Listener's friend, they're just gonna fall on the ground. Listener, right, show them that. See, keys don't stick. We're vaccinated. The vaccine doesn't magnetize you. (laughs) He's looking away. Tap on the glass again, tap. Listener's friend, he's writing something on that whiteboard. It's, tell my kids to get vaccine. Listener, tap on the glass. Tap on the glass. It's too late now. They're in beds in the other room. Weird, huh? I mean, you all use the same horse paste, right? Must have gotten a bad batch. Do you have internet? Listener's friend. He's nodding his head. Yes, he has the internet. Listener. You can go right to paulapoundstone.com and listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, her comedy podcast. It's right there on the homepage. It's funny and a comfort in these difficult times. At this point, you may as well laugh. Listener's friend. Wait a minute. Paula Poundstone has a podcast? Listener. Yeah. Listener's friend. How come you never told me? Listener. I don't know. I I just felt uncomfortable. See, Adam? Uh, yeah. Listener's friend. I could sure use some laughter and comfort in these difficult times. I'm going to listen. It's right at paulapoundstone.com. Listener. Yep. And if you like it, you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave five stars and a review. You see, Adam? Do you see how it's done? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to take a dark turn, but since we've already done Fight Club and uh, a book club in this, who's the, who's the new listener in question here? Is it the patient or the listener's friend? Well, I'm willing to take more than one. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think that the listener's friend probably will be a... A longer-term engagement, yeah. Exactly, right. Yeah. It's not just going to be a blip for a day or two, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess if our listeners find themselves in that situation, then we might be able to get a listener out of it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth it, you know, as you go on your rounds, yeah. tapping on the windows of people who wouldn't listen. It's not a market I would have thought to exploit, but there it is. Well, you know, we can use 
all the listeners we can get, Adam. Right. And speaking about that, listeners, we were going to do Mailbag Returning Champions Edition um, on, on today's uh, podcast. But um, what happened? Well, as sometimes happens, we, we ran a bit long. And so in the, the interest of conservation of time in this busy, busy new year, what we're going to do is we're going to push Mailbag returning champion edition to our our next episode and uh just somehow fight our way out of the brown paper bag that is this episode right here right now wait do me a favor tell me what we're not doing again (laughs) i knew this was coming we've decided to postpone mailbag there we go returning champion edition until next week <laughs> Got ya. Okay. So, Paula, uh, what's going on with the Poundstone product empire now that we're here in 2022? Well, Adam, we at Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, are happy and proud to be a part of Biden's successful economy. This year, we're looking to expand the shop at my website, paulapoundstone.com. Some listeners have made some excellent suggestions, like the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Cat Nose Frida, which is not yet available. But you can order a Poundstone Pussy Pillow, a four and a half inch by five inch catnip stuffed pillow with a cat joke on one side and autographed to your cat on the other, which features a grommet. So you can tie a string to it and drag it around the house to give your cat a little a little cardio. You can find my recently released comedy album, Paula Poundstone Goes to College, for one night, online wherever you listen to comedy. And I'm offering the wildly popular How the Heck Does She Do It package, where for $30 plus shipping, you can receive a pound of worm castings for your plants. And I'll make you a personalized video showing some part of the worm farming process Plus, I'll introduce you to one of my over 3,000 worms who I will name after you. Email me at paula at paulapoundstone.com. I'll hook you up. Ginsu knife not included. There's lots more, of course, but Heidi. Yeah, and uh, Paula, I do want to point out that you have that poundstone pussy pillow with the grommet for a string to be tied to it, but you don't tie a string to it. Well, I don't send the string. No, I can't do everything for everybody. You have to provide your own string. Or do you? Because I just, I just want to point out that for about the last year or so, I have been offering our listeners the option of sending it to me, and I will get rid of two offensive things. One, I'll tie a string to the grommet, and also I've renamed them because I find the name Poundstone Pussy Pillows to be a little bit rattling. Instead, I will transform it with my signature into a Felber Feline Fun Bag. Oh, very discreet. If you send a stamp, self-addressed envelope, I just kind of sign it, tie a string, and get on with it. All right. (laughs) Also, you can get my book, Confessions of a Puppet Master, written with Charles Band. It's his memoir, and it's crazy wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast for free. You'll get it every week at no charge, and if there's a subject or topic you want to know more about, well... Tell us, we're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam 22 Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Henry Winkler. Yay! Love you, Henry. And thanks to our house band, Zach Ford. Yay! Yay! Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Star Burns production by Land Romo. Poundstone Industries production by Vic Lowry. 
thanks to the voice talent of Paul Matlock. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. Tony Anita Hull <laughs> shockingly did not use apogee in a sentence three times in this episode. We are very sorry. Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall at 2841 Greenbrier Parkway, Southwest in Atlanta, Georgia. But we cannot give you dollars worth of advertising. Oh. It steams our corn as well because nothing would have given us more pleasure than to inspire people to stop by Meadow Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall at 2841 Greenbrier Parkway, Southwest in Atlanta, Georgia. If anybody knows Meadow Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall at 2841 Greenbrier Parkway, Southwest in Atlanta, Georgia, please send them our apologies. It's heartbreaking. I mean, uh, how close was she? Uh, <laughs> She only oh, missed man. it by three. Only missed it by three. So, All right, so it's uh, narrowing the gap then? Yeah, it's very close. Very close. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Sunday, Monday, happy days. Adam? Yeah? I love Henry Winkler. I do too. <laughs> Just love him. <laughs> oh, my God. He's... He's flat out adorable. Yeah, he is. He's still really handsome. 50 years since the Fonz debuted. Still a handsome man. Yeah. I remember when I first came to L.A., uh, it, they used to make it at Paramount, and so the sign for Happy Days was on Melrose Avenue, and it was so exciting just to drive by it. And then when they stopped making that there, you would drive by and see a sign for Webster. It just wasn't the same. No. I still think of him as the Fonz anytime I have to admit I'm wrong. <laughs> because they would always do that thing where he'd go like, I, I was... <laughs> like he couldn't say the word. Which is pretty much like any man admitting that he's wrong. No, oh, I, don't, I don't relate to, to that at all. Oh. <laughs> 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 should have that cough looked at, Paula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much any man admitting that he was wrong. Except me, right? Yeah, yeah. Starbucks Avenue, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network. <laughs>